Welcome back to the podcast and to a new series of episodes that will lead us through the last few hours of Jesus' life as recorded by the Gospel writer John. Over the next several weeks, we'll be diving deep into John chapters 13 through 17, and we look forward to having you join us. If you'd like more information about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org, and you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We're in the midst of our study uh, through John chapter 13 through 17. We've covered uh, chapters 13, 14, and 15, and we're getting ready to jump into chapter 16 today. So we're going to cover the first 15 verses together today, and then we'll finish up the chapter next week. Uh, But as we begin this chapter, we've done this every podcast episode during this uh, section of our study, we have to continue to remind ourselves and everyone that's joining us uh, in this study that we are looking at a conversation that is taking place over the course of a few hours probably between Jesus and his closest disciples. And this is all taking place leading up to his arrest and ultimate crucifixion. And all of this, while we're studying over the course of weeks and it covers chapters and pages in our Bibles, it really is just as if you were sitting down at the table talking with someone else and someone was writing down generally what was being discussed. And they may change venue a little bit here and there, but generally speaking, this is one conversation that Jesus is having with this group of people. And so each week, we're going to try to bridge the gap between last week and where we are this week to try and preserve as best we can the reality of the fact that we are just picking up mid-sentence, mid-conversation um, between the the time that Jesus is, is spending with his disciples here. So Jeremy, as we, as we get into chapter 16... We'll read what we're going to study here in just a moment, but maybe bring us up to speed a little bit with where we've been over the past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, bridging the gap from chapter 15 to chapter 16 is pretty easy because uh, it's really no bridge needed because there's really not much of a gap there. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, what we had talked about last week at the very end of chapter 15 is Jesus was really diving into some pretty difficult teaching, certainly to hear is the reality that, listen, he, he's going to be gone, and there's, uh, there's going to be difficulty that comes with that. But the message that they're going to share is going to bring about difficulty. They, they hated him. Uh, others hated Christ because of the message that he had. And because they're followers of his, don't assume that you're going to be free and clear in that. He, he goes on to say, you're, you're not going to be free and clear of that. But, you know, don't take that personally. We talked about that and the challenge of that that it still is against Christ, it is against God, but because they'll be professing Christ and his ways, there will be difficulty that'll come because of that. And so we talked about that a little bit at the end of chapter 15, and that conversation really morphs into the beginning of chapter 16. And you're right, when, you know, for us, we've got to break it up somewhere, right? I mean, we've got to, you know, we've got to break it up, and we're covering this week after week after week after week. But it is still is one continual conversation. And, and the way that he helps them 
to kind of realize that it's okay that you can do this is he will bring up something again that he's already talked about in this conversation, not weeks ago or not a year right. ago or not. You don't have to go back to John chapter 1 to see when he's talked about the helper, the Holy Spirit who's going to be there for them. It's already happened in this conversation. So he's going to bring that back up, and he's doing so because of the comfort that it, that it can be because of the difficulty that they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, let's go ahead and read these first 15 verses together, and we'll, then we'll dive into the text. So chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, this time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and see, and you see me no more, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So as you mentioned when we first started, chapter 16 begins with even Jesus making the point, these things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. And so we've talked over the past several weeks how much of what Jesus is saying is intended to provide them with some comfort and some preparation for the time in which he's going to leave. And he's, he's making that point to them right now. He's like, listen, all these things that I've told you and everything that I'm going to tell you, it's, it's so that you won't stumble when all of this happens because there's a lot of challenging things that are going to be happening to you. And he even he makes it pretty bleak that there's going to be people, not only are they going to put you out of the synagogues, they're going to try and kill you. And so he, he's laying it out pretty straight to these guys at this point in the conversation. They need to know just how rough things are going to get for them physically over the next several weeks, months, and years of their life. Yeah, I mean, even though we don't see the, it biblically, I mean, history tells us that everyone in this room, save for John, mm-hmm. uh, who we know lived a, a pretty lengthy life, but yet at the very end we see him really in exile. Right. Um, it's not like he was just a freedom to move about. Um, but it, it, history tells us that every man in this room is going to lose his life mm-hmm. because of their faith in Jesus. Now, it's going to become a reality for them, but you know what's interesting is he's letting them know all of this ahead so that they're not going to you know, be made to stumble. And I think you know, the word that's really important here, you've already said, it's to prepare, right? You need to be ready for this. And yeah. if you are ready for it, 
you're you're in a better position to stand up against it, right? You're, you don't be taken off guard because of difficulty. You've seen difficulty for me. It's going to be the same for you. Yep. Don't get taken off guard if some of you are even killed. I'm going to be killed, right? I'm going to die. I'm going to go away. And so he's wanting them to understand, don't be taken off guard because of this. You stay on guard. And knowing this ahead of time and knowing the reason for it. I mean, that's yeah. the end of chapter 15 in a lot of ways. Understand the reason for it as well. It has to do with me as Christ is speaking. It doesn't have to do with you. But understand the reason for it and prepare yourself for it, uh, because you're right. In the next weeks, months, years for these men, physically, it's going to be a challenge. There's no question about it. And he even explains to them uh, in verse number four the timing behind all of this. I'm telling you these things now because I'm getting ready to leave. I've been with you up until this point. And when we look at Jesus's ministry and, and certainly leading up to his crucifixion, the ire of these people was directed towards Jesus. Now, the apostles certainly probably got some of the uh, the shrapnel, so to speak, from, from things that were coming their, their way, but Jesus was the one in their sights. He was the one that they were directing all of their hatred toward, and he was taking this. He was shielding the apostles in a lot of ways. Right. When he's gone, he's not going to be there to shield them anymore. They're now going to be the ones that these people are going to go after and that these people are going to hate. And so the timing of this, Jesus acknowledges, listen, I haven't really had to talk to you about this previously because I've been here and I'm the one that's taking all of the the brunt of all of this. But once I'm gone, it's going to fall onto you. And so the timing of this is really important. He's telling them this now because they're going to be the ones experiencing what really he's been experiencing over the past three years, and certainly as the evening continues on, we'll experience even more so. But but he recognizes, while they may not yet at this point, that they're going to be the ones that the Gentiles, Jews alike, are going to go after. Because there's going to be, as you pointed out, the end of chapter 15, there's going to be hatred directed towards them because of what they stand for and because of what they teach. And when Jesus isn't there to shield them from all of that and take the brunt of it himself, it's going to fall on them. And so he's trying to prepare them as best he can for when that time's going to come. You know, it's interesting, as we were reading it again just a few moments ago, we talked a lot about this early on in the earlier episodes as we were in chapters 13 and really into chapter 14. Just how emotional of a conversation this really is. We're kind of in the heart of the teaching over the last several weeks, and so we've kind of been focusing in on that. But, you know, just again to kind of reiterate that we're still in the same sitting, right? This is the same conversation that was, you know, just a little bit ago that they were talking about things in chapter 13 and 14. And, you know, it's interesting when you start to see this conversation, Jesus even make mention of their emotion again. You know, you had there in chapter 14 at the very beginning, you know, don't be troubled by what Mm -hmm. you just hear. Well, he's saying that because they're they're going to be troubled. And you, you get words... You know, here in this text about, you know, their sorrow. Listen, I, I know this kind of conversation is it the most, uh, you know, uplifting, you know, <laughs> uplifting of things, right? Yeah. And it's not designed necessarily to be that, but he, he, he's acknowledging their sorrow. And what's also interesting, we'll talk more about it when we get down there, 
But again, just the emotional weight of this whole thing, I think it's interesting how Christ is able to still acknowledge that with, you know, the reality that you are, we're giving, I'm giving you everything that you can handle right now. I'm not going to overload you. There are more important things that you're going to need to know, but in my deity, I know that you're you're filled up, right? You're Mm -hmm. all filled up right now. But that, that's what that's what the helper is going to be here for. And so it just goes to, you know, to show on, on God and, and his certainly his love and his care and compassion, his acknowledgement for them as men and the mm-hmm. difficulty of this moment to still see Jesus needing to share these important truths with them, but yet at the same time still acknowledging how I mean, difficult, yeah. emotionally even, uh, this conversation really is. And, and that's where you get into verses 5 and 6 mm-hmm. and 7, and, and it takes somewhat of an unusual turn. The first few verses paint a very bleak picture of what the coming stage of life is going to look like for these people. And I could only imagine, as Jesus is talking about this, you know, they're kind of sitting there with big eyes thinking, uh, we're going to get thrown out of the synagogues and even killed as a result of this. And then Jesus turns around, and in verse 7, he says, it's to your advantage that I leave. Now, if I was one of the apostles, I'd be like, now you're going to have to explain this, because what you just described, that does not sound like something that's to my advantage. You're talking about me getting thrown out of synagogues and killed on the streets, and, and now you're going to tell me that you leaving is to my advantage? How does that work? Well, Jesus does explain to them uh, how and why it is to their advantage. But I think to your point, and this is something we've, we've talked about even a little bit just in a broader context with John's account of Jesus' life, Jesus constantly encourages people to try and think more spiritually right? and to try and put away as much as is possible the physical way of thinking about things and viewing things and think about things from a spiritual perspective. And he's challenging his apostles to do that very thing right now. You have to think about this differently. Physically, this is not going to be pleasant. Things are not going to go well for you physically. Let's just get that out on the table right now. But I want to challenge you guys to think spiritually about this. I want you to recognize the great benefit that is going to come when I leave and the Helper, the Holy Spirit, is sent to you and how much of a benefit that is to you for this to happen. Now, the only way that you're going to be able to realize that great benefit is if you have a spiritual perspective and a spiritual outlook on things. And so he's, he's really, in a lot of ways, he's challenging his, his disciples here to do the very thing he's been challenging everyone to do throughout his ministry, and that is to put away the physical and to embrace the spiritual. And if they're able to do that, then they will fully recognize just how amazing this gift of the Holy Spirit that's going to be sent to them truly is. But if they're continually, if they're continually focused on their physical well-being, then all that remains for them is misery and hardship. And so he's trying to challenge them Come with me on this. Come with me on this. Think spiritually about what's to come. Yeah, this has to be one of the more challenging, if not the most challenging concept of the entirety of this conversation right here. Mm-hmm. With you know this point that he's already told them, but reiterates, I'm going, I'm going away. I'm not going to be around much longer. 
and um, and they're bothered by that. We know already from the last time that he told them. But and now he, he kind of adds to that reality that not not only am I going, he he, he now is attempting to convince them that that's better. It's better right. for them. It's better for them that I'm not here, right? Yep. Well, well, the key is it's not better that they're not here. It's better because of what's coming behind him. Mm-hmm. And, and he tries to help them with that. And certainly, listen, years from now, they're going to really understand it. I yeah. mean, they're going to see it. And they're going to feel that. And they're going to really understand what he was talking about here. Um, you know, this is a quick little aside. I, I love... Jesus making, as he references the Holy Spirit, as he does a couple of times, as the helper. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an incredible yeah. way, really, to think about it, because that's what these men need, right? These, yep, mean, right? these men need help. And I love that he is described, you know, really in this way. But I think it also goes to the wisdom of God, right? That his plan, this was a part of his plan from the foundation of the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this, is his, this has all been a part of his plan. And these are steps that had to be taken. And and Jesus was here. He had a he had a purpose. Uh, God the Son had a purpose to fulfill. He is on the edge of fulfilling that purpose. He'll make reference to it from the cross itself that that purpose has been fulfilled. And, and you know the point that's going to be happening. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. He's he has a purpose, mm-hmm. and he's going to pick up the mantle, and he's going to fulfill his purpose. And, you know, it, it's just, it's an incredible story. It's an incredible picture of wisdom because of the vision, you know, that God is able to have that everything works out perfectly. Yeah. These men may not really grasp it right here, but they will. Mm-hmm. But certainly Jesus grasps it. But it, it just, it's great to see the perfection of this plan kind of played out in the steps that's laid out in front of us. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, we have the benefit of being able to read the pages of Acts and the epistles <laughs> right. and all of those things to see uh, all of this playing out. But but I think, you know, Jesus makes the point to them that when the Helper comes, he's going to convict the world, or he's going he's gonna to teach the world about sin and righteousness and judgment and these are really important uh, foundational principles for Christianity, and the Holy Spirit is going to come, and we can see that. We see that through the Word that we read today. It convicts us of sin, and it teaches us about judgment, and it teaches us about righteousness. And that's what the apostles' teaching, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was going to do. And so Jesus is trying, again, in a very brief and succinct manner, trying to paint this picture for them that, listen, I've only had a few years here. That's not enough time to tell you and share with you everything that you need to know as it pertains to even the foundational principles such as sin, righteousness, and judgment. But, But that's what the helper is going to do. The helper is going to come, and he's going to continue where Jesus left off, and he's going to build on these things, and he's going to help take these things to the entire world. Jesus was confined to a very small section of the world during his time on earth, very small section of the world. The Holy Spirit is going to come, and it's going to explode, right? and it's going to go everywhere, and everyone is going to be able to hear about the teachings that Jesus initiated 
on these topics and many others. And, and so he, he's trying to just plant that seed. He's not, he's not going to be able to accurately convey to these men in a way that they're going to fully understand all of this right now. But he's just trying to plant that seed for them so that when it happens, when it begins to happen through them, they're going to have this to fall back on and realize, oh, this is part of the plan all along. Jesus, this is what Jesus was trying to tell us about that night, you know, way back when, the night before he died. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, absolutely. And when you get to, you know, verses here of this text, like 12 and 13, where you have Jesus acknowledging, and I think it has a lot to do with certainly the time that he was with them, just mm-hmm. a few years, their capacity to already yeah. take in everything that they've had to take in, right? You know, Jesus makes the point, there are so many other things that you need to know. Mm-hmm. You simply cannot bear them right now, right? But yet again, as he talks about the helper that's going to come in verse 13, the point is made that when he comes, what he's going to deliver is everything else you need. Nothing yep. is going to be short. You're not going. There's not now. There's not going to be a time in the future where you're just still going to be short. You know, like if there is a a hundred things that they need to know, and Jesus provided twenty five of those things, they're yeah. going to get the other seventy five. Right. All of the truth he mm-hmm. said is going to be given to you. And I love that picture, right? I love that picture of the fullness. That even though you you don't have it all now, we're not. It's it's again Jesus as he's man as he's hammered down in thinking about this whole conversation. Yeah, I'm physically not going to be with you, but we're not leaving you alone, right? right? Your relationship with God is still super close. We're going to come and make our home with you. Whatever you ask, it'll be given to you. Mm -hmm. The helper is going to be here. I mean, he has reiterated over and over in this conversation that physically I'm not going to be here, but yet at the same time, God, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be as close as he has ever been before, and everything that you need is going to be provided. Yeah, one of the things I love when you read read through the rest of the New Testament, it, it, Paul especially will do this multiple times, Ephesians and 1 Corinthians especially. He'll talk about this idea of the mystery being revealed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that ties in really well with what Jesus is saying here is that, like you pointed out, Jesus brought important and foundational teachings into the world, but the Holy Spirit then came to reveal everything else. When Jesus left, there were still some things unknown. Sure. That's why the Holy Spirit had to come. But once the Holy Spirit came, there's no longer any mystery left. It's all been revealed to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul talks about having received the mind of Christ— and that when you look at what he's saying here, what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 16, that's exactly the picture that's being painted here. The Holy Spirit's not coming to teach them anything different. In fact, he's coming to glorify Jesus and take what is mine and declare it to you. It's the exact same message that Paul is reiterating in multiple places during his epistles that this is what we are bringing to you. We are revealing to you the mind of Christ. We are revealing to you the mystery that has been brought to us by the Holy Spirit. And so you get to see the beginning of this here in John chapter 16, and then you get to see the beautiful fulfillment of it as you read through the rest of the New Testament. And it really is just amazing to think, as you pointed out a moment ago, about how God just had this beautiful, perfect plan all along and, and these people, and even us to an extent, we're just trying to keep up with it. All right. You know, we're just trying. We're just trying to keep up. God has this beautiful plan that He's had for mankind from the beginning. 
Yeah, one other thing about this section that really caught my eye, and uh, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more we, a couple of episodes from now we get into chapter 17. But I, I find it interesting that Jesus makes mention in talking about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit's going to come and glorify Christ. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting that when it comes to you know God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we are constantly seeing them almost glorify each other. Where you have the Holy Spirit, he's giving glory to Christ. Yeah. Christ all the time is giving glory to God. He'll make mention of that in chapter 17, how there's glory being made to the Father. And it's just a really interesting concept of how intricate God is able to work together. It, it is one of those, you know, it, it's still one of those concepts, the Godhead, that can be tricky yeah. sometimes for sure to, to paint the picture of God as uh, an entity, but yet in three parts mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. with three roles. We really see those things playing out in this conversation that Jesus is having with his apostles. We've seen it multiple times, but yet at the same time, all of them working together. I mean, yeah. that is ultimately yeah. you know, how it all goes, and them lifting each other up is, uh, is something to see. Yeah, we'll go ahead and stop there for the day. We'll pick up in verse number 16 of chapter 16 next week. Uh, a few more weeks, and we'll probably finish up uh, this study. It's been a, a fun study, and we've still got a few more weeks to go. But thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week.